episode of the Billfish Chase podcast uh, today. I'm so excited to have my co-host Nathan Glass here. Uh, we're going to be sharing information on not only how to define your vision and your business, mm-hmm. but also how to build your avatar based on that, and, and some of the do's and don'ts when it comes to niching down your business. Yeah. So you know, we're recapping um, the episode with uh, Brandon and with Live Oak Bank. And he had some really great things to say about um, you know their experience niching down. So we wanted to pull out those principles and highlight some of that for you and how that can apply in your business. Um, but it was really great to see how they applied this idea and it really helped their business grow. Awesome. So uh, quick reminder, Bill for the Trades, we're here, we're here to help all of our listeners grow their business, grow in their personal, professional life through leadership development, knowing that leadership development is a lifelong journey. We're all waking up every day mm-hmm. to just get a little bit better. So our hope is that you take away at least one cool, one great point that you can mm-hmm. apply to what you do on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, you know, you're listening to the podcast. If you like this episode, please share it with your friend and leave us a review. We love to see our reviews out there. It helps guide future podcasts. So uh, you ready to jump in, Nathan? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So in that episode with Brandon... Uh, when I was going back and, and just listening to that interview I did with him, which, by the way, if you haven't heard the interview, I would encourage you to pause this and go mm-hmm. back and listen to it. Uh, but he talked about how Live Oak Bank um, decided to look for a niche that was recession-proof. And that's what really got them into serving uh, plumbing and HVAC and electrical businesses. And I love that about the bank because they know who they are, they know what they're good at, and they really do a good job serving the trades. So yeah. I wanted to talk, that really influenced this episode, but yeah. in listening to it, was there any other points that you took away, Nathan? Yeah, I thought that was really um, interesting how they they were in a small home services kind of niche, and then they were, they were trying to expand, and they realized that there was yeah, a lot of other opportunity um, within home services uh, that were also recession-proof. Um, uh, yeah. All right, let's do this. Yeah. All right, so as we jump in today, um, you know, I, I, for a living, my niche is, is leadership coaching. So yeah. a good example of a niche right away is, is what I do. I could just be a generic business coach, but I mm-hmm. focus more on um, working with business owners, developing their leadership and their growth, but also developing leadership teams around them so companies can build self-operating businesses. So. That's a, that's a great example, and I'm also John Maxwell certified mm-hmm. here at Bubble the Trades. We, we follow a lot of John Maxwell's leadership principles, and one of his quotes is talking about, you know, a leader is one who, know, who, who, uh, who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, the order of that quote is very key. Correct. Mm-hmm. Knowing the way, first and foremost, knowing what your vision is, knowing, you know, who, what, what type of customer you want to serve, and, and what kind of services are you going to offer you got to first do that before you can ever go the way. Right. No, that's good. That's key, really. Knowing, going, and then showing. If you don't know where you're headed, how are you ever going to get there? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Lost for words, huh? Yeah, well, we want to get into the, the pieces of... So um, there's kind of two components here, right? There's the niche which is the, like the services you're gonna provide, and then there's your avatar, mm-hmm. which is who are you gonna provide those services to. So we kinda wanna talk about each of those aspects, and they, um, they really work together. 
uh, they work hand in hand. But we'll, as we get into the different pieces of, of helping it, you know, understand and define your niche and understanding your avatar, we'll explain that. But there really is kind of a back and forth between your niche and your avatar. So, um, yeah. yes. So, so one thing I was just thinking, just thought of one thing my dad always taught me. He, he'd always tell me, Dan, uh, riches are in the niches. Yeah. And that's the way he always thought um, coming up in a, in, a, in a plumbing family, in a plumbing business. Uh, he'd always share that with me and thinking back like we you know our business became known as a leak detection specialist mm -hmm. and that's what we did and we did it well and it worked well for us but so when you're thinking about like what is your niche and the, and the services you offer but there's a few different areas i want to talk about but the main thing is for home service businesses listening out there any trades business uh, you're thinking about you know what maybe maybe riches are in the niches mm -hmm. there's a few things to kind of watch out for and, and the first thing I, just, I, I want to talk about is what I would call a sub-niche in your business. And a good example of that would be if I'm a home service business, or if I'm a service business, right? And I know that you know, I am offering HVA, you know, HVAC services, I have a decision to make. You know, I, could, I could start you know, niching down to where I only offer home services to business, or I'm sorry, to, to residential homeowners. Right. Um, or I could only you know, narrow down to where I'm just doing commercial service, or maybe I'm going to narrow down to where I'm only doing uh, you know, new construction work and things like that. But there's a few things to watch out for when you do that, because uh, depending on your market and depending on where you're at and how many, you know, the population um, and, and the opportunity there, you could find yourself niching down, even in a sub-niche, uh, too hard. Uh, because it becomes very expensive to attract uh, a, a homeowner, or it can become very expensive to c continue to grow and uh, and attract additional businesses if you're kind of maxed out on the population of businesses in your market. Yeah, and that kind of hits on the first couple ideas in ter uh, when we're talking about niche and, and understanding your niche, which is assessing your expertise. So what are you already good at? And researching your market to understand what is there a demand for? And what isn't there? You know, what is there not a demand for? Right? You may you may uh, think a certain niche is great, but if there's not a market there to support it, it's not going to work. Right? You can't change the market. Mm -hmm. um, you you need to understand your market. So I think that's kind of the two two points you were just hitting on is like, what are you already an expert at, and what does the market need? And I think there's there can be a bit of a back and forth there of of understanding that. Yeah, for sure. So defining your niche, the first thing you want to do is. Uh, like Nathan said, I mean, a niche is a specialized area within your industry where you can excel and stand out. Right. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about is assessing your expertise. So start by evaluating your skills, your experience, your passion. Uh, what specific services do you excel at? A good example of this, you know, maybe like if you're particularly skilled at, at, at in HVAC system installations, mm -hmm. or maybe you're skilled in plumbing repairs or electrical uh, troubleshooting. Knowing what that is, taking a few yep. minutes, opening it up or having a piece of paper and just writing down what that is will right. help you start in this process as you start to get into that researching your market, which is the next step. Looking at your local market, you know, is there specific needs and services that are in high demand and not well served? And I love this piece, identifying the gaps in the market uh, that can lead you to that niche and, and that has room for growth. Right. I think a lot of times in any industry and business, sometimes people will follow their passion, mm -hmm. you know, to start right. a business, but right. there's no gap there. Yeah. There's no, and what, what I mean is there's no demand there. And I think right. the, the most successful entrepreneurs, um, 
start to look for where is that demand. Yep. You know, a good example Correct. that may be that you're in a market where, you know, um, there's 10 different HVAC companies, mm -hmm. but nobody is doing duct cleaning. Yeah. And there's a, a demand for it. Yep. Right. That's and great. so you start a business of just doing duct cleaning. And that could roll into doing more HVA services, but you saw that demand, mm -hmm. and that was the the starting point of your business, and that's how your business took off. Yeah, that's that's great, and, and you know, like here here in our town, Lampasas, <clears throat> you know, I would I would when I'm thinking about the market of Lampasas, I would think, okay, it's a it's growing, the rate of growth is increasing, mm -hmm. we're seeing more and more new builds. So those are those are going to be some opportunities, and it's really just starting to pick up. There's quite a few new residential uh, uh, neighborhoods going in, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and like one kind of uh, duck cleaning, kind of along that idea. Like around here, there's there's no one who can clean your chimney, so that's mm -hmm. an opportunity around here. And yeah. I know that from trying to call them and talking to other people. Um, so you know, it doesn't take long to figure out where there's demand. Um, and, and where some of those possible starting points are. And I, one thing I wanted to highlight that, that you mentioned was, you know, a niche is somewhere that you can excel at and you can stand out in. Yeah. And, you know, from a, from a marketing standpoint, uh, which, you know, I run a marketing company, so that's, that's kind of, I'm always looking through that lens. But standing out, I mean, as, as everyone knows, there's more and more noise, right? There's more and more things to be distracted by, so your customers are distracted. And when they go to, you know, when they're looking up, um, say they find you on your website, and your website basically says, we do everything. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're not standing out. If your website, you know, is, is showing you as someone that just does everything. So you're, I think in, in this day and age where there's so much noise, getting a niche helps you stand out automatically because if you're in duct cleaning, niche, then you're going to have on your website when people see that, or your Facebook page, wherever they're seeing you, you're going to be talking about duct cleaning. And it's going to become very clear very quickly that, okay, this is what this person is about. They specialize in this thing. Oh yeah, okay, I see that they offer other services, but this is the main thing that they, they do. So just by you know creating a sub-niche, you are automatically going to, it's going to help your marketing, it's going to help you stand out and be known for something. And I think, mm -hmm. and it's hard to become known for something unless you stand for something, unless you, you're in sort of a sub-niche. Um, and, and to your point, like you don't have to stay there forever, but it's a great place to start. Great it's a great place, place to, to start, start yeah. to stand out, to develop a customer base, and then you can go back to your customers and offer them another service, mm -hmm. and another service, and another service. And but would, you can't do that if you don't start with something and stand out. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would think that's like level one of your businesses. I love the trade, so I'm going to start a business. I don't want to work for anybody else. Right. And so you get out there and you start a business, and guess what? You're busy. You know, you got referrals. You're doing new construction. You're doing mm -hmm. service. You're doing all the above, running around like a chicken chicken with your head cut <laughs> off, so to say. But you're making right. good. You know, you're making more money than you ever have. Right. And you're in that season, that first that first level of business, and it lasts for a while. And some people are in there forever, and some people get to a point where they hit about a million, uh, million and a half in sales, and then they right. realize, okay, I got four or five employees running around, and I need to start getting more marketing in place so I can get more calls and. And, and I think that's where it becomes a little bit tricky. I, I've worked with a lot, a lot of companies all over the nation, and a, a lot of what I hear is, hey, Dan, I would like to just be a home service company. And, and you know, you gotta have wisdom there. You gotta know your market, because if you, if you go from doing all the things mm -hmm. 
Or maybe you're doing a little bit of new construction, a little bit of commercial service, a little bit of residential. Uh, to just going a residential service, you are now competing in a, in a highly competitive market marketing game. Right. Yep. Where, right. um, depending on where you live, you may have companies spending $100,000 a month to rank in ads above you to where they're capturing those homeowners, that, that demand. And so yep. uh, it's important to know that before you sub-niche, is what I would call that, down too hard to like just being a, a residential company, uh, you may consider keeping your, your arm of commercial or right. keeping your arm of new construction just to help bridge the gap of the slow times because there will be slow times in any mm -hmm. of the uh, sub-niches that you could have in, in, a, in, a, in a trades business. And, and thinking about that is really important. No, I think that, yeah, we were talking about that before we started rolling, how important that is. Like if you're already in a niche, um, like commercial, let's say, and you want to get into residential, mm -hmm. um, we're not saying you should just kill off commercial, like keep that thing going. But while it's at its peak, before it slows down, to your point, that's the perfect time to start thinking about the next niche, the next area to get into, to start your marketing towards that and build it up slowly. So that way it's an easy transition. And uh, as, as you're saying, like eventually the referrals may run out. And so as things are going good, that's really the, the perfect time to start investing in a website and marketing and things to get into another niche, which is gonna create more stability of, of uh, customers and clients and revenue and it's gonna help you transition into to a new niche much more easily and, and handle you know, downtimes easier as well. So mm -hmm. it's kind of the, oftentimes when things are good, you, you wanna just like, okay, let's just keep rolling and rolling, but that's mm -hmm. actually the perfect moment that you need to think about the next stage of your business. And maybe you're like, you're stuck at a million, like you were saying, and you wanna to get to three, that's the moment you need to start thinking about it, planning and start putting the pieces in place. Cause it may take six months to a year to really break into residential and have a nice flow of revenue from that. Mm -hmm. And that's also the hardest time to do it. Yep. So um, I was having that conversation with a trades business owner the other day, and, and they said, Dan, I'm so busy. Why, why do I need you? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what's your plan for the future? Mm -hmm. You know, what does it look like to grow an additional $2 million from where you're at today? And that gets them scratching their head because they're like, well, I don't have a plan for the future. I haven't thought about that because you're working in your business so hard, and that's why it's good to... Um, hire somebody to help you step away from your business and right. analyze that. So that mm -hmm. way you do, it goes back to knowing the way, right? Before you can go the way. That way you know what the next three years in your business looks like. And, and so the next thing I want to talk about is, is you know, after you, you research market demand and you, you figure out where that gap's at, the next thing you want to think about is analyzing your competition. So research mm -hmm. your competitors, what services are they offering? And is there an area where they might be lacking? Finding an area where you can provide unique value can help you carve out your niche. So I want to go back to <laughs> the town, the town we live in. Um, you know, we're small town Texas, but man, there's some great trades companies out here. Mm -hmm. But the one thing we don't have is quick service. Correct. And so the gap right now, <laughs> that sub niche would be, you know, if I was to start a trades business here, mm -hmm. it would be, I would solely focus on quick turnaround yep. as far as service. Mm -hmm. And so the secret is, is that that's who you are. You can't be sucked into the temptation of going out and working on, on new construction projects. Because as right. soon as you do, or big remodels, because as soon as you do, it's going to take you away from the ability to serve that customer within 24 hours. Right. So right. we're lacking a company in mm -hmm. any trades in this town that can turn around service times, yep. um, even all the way down to the sprinkler systems. I mean, correct. You, I, I got to wait <laughs> six weeks to eight weeks to get a sprinkler guy to my house. Yeah, because they're time. trying to be all things to all people. Yeah, and eventually sure. you have to grow out of that stage. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, companies around town like that. Yeah, if you simply just did focused solely on customer service and quick turnaround times, you kill it. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a great example of an opportunity. It is. So the next thing I want to talk about after you analyze your competition, um, consider profitability. You know, while passion is essential, your niche should also be financially viable. Mm-hmm. Ensure that the services you're considering have a potential for good profit margins. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like when it comes to considering profitability, how would you do that for somebody who's starting to to niche down? Yeah, I think you know I, I would start by writing a list of ideas of potential niches, right? Mm-hmm. And then think about okay, to get into that niche, maybe like leak detection, what is the cost of that equipment? What does that look like? Do you finance that? Do you have to pay cash for that? You know, how how long before, you know, if it's a $30, $40,000 piece of machinery, how long does it take before that gets paid back? Things like that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you think about all the great companies out there nowadays, there's always, I, I love the show Shark Tank. So yeah. you get to watch Shark Tank and the entrepreneurs come in and they have like these silliest ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say silly because it's like, how did I not see that idea? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, and there's so many big companies out there now that started with the, the, with the thought of the gap. And a good mm-hmm. example of that, it's been around for a while, is like Uber. Yeah. You know, when they started, they saw the gap and, 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 um, and transportation, mm-hmm. and the ability for people to make money in a in a time where people want that feeling of entrepreneurship. They want to mm-hmm. work when they want to work, and at the same time, the people that's serving want convenience. Right. And so, how can we marry those two and 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 bring that that to to the table? And a lot of times, the first companies that get there are the ones that lead the charge and have the most success. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and it's all across the board. But in the day and age we live in, you got to realize, people, everybody listening to the show. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's the age of convenience. Yeah. And so I know we're not talking about this in the podcast much today, but I just want to plug it. I mean, if you're making it hard to do business with you, right? Um, as a trades business, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, if you're not accepting credit cards <laughs> or you're not have a texting feature to book with you or you're not answering your phones, you know, you're doing all these different things. Guess what? If I, you know, I had that experience when I was in Colorado with the family, I was calling around, um, I forget, yeah, I was calling around for a, um, oh, my daughter, I was taking her on a date. Mm. We were going to get a pedicure on her feet done. Okay. I'd, I'd never get that done. I'm admitting on the podcast <laughs> right now. But anyways, it was funny because I, I Googled it. And I called the first place and, and no answer. So what did I do? Called the Went next to the place. second place. Called yep. the second place. No answer. Went to the third place. Called yep. the third place. They answered, booked the appointment, and took my money. So wow. you got to wow. think about that. That was me, you know, going to get my feet done, of course. You know, <laughs> very mainly of me to do. But um, imagine that in your in your business, right? In your trades business. Yep. It's, it's, it's the same thing. You know, if you're not answering your phones, yep. we're not living in the day and age unless you're the only company in your market that uh, that people are just gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna leave a message and wait a day for somebody to call me back. Like, yeah. nah, nah, they're gonna be, <laughs> they're gonna be on. on to the next person. We should probably edit that piece too. I shouldn't talk about my pedicure. I was trying <laughs> to think of something a lot more manly than that, but I had to just tell the story no, as no, we're, it was. We're leaving that in, we're leaving that <laughs> in. All right, wanna talk about avatar? Let's do it, man. All right, customer avatar. <clears throat> so this is the other piece, right? You can pick a niche that you, you like, that's profitable, maybe there's a market um, demand, but you need to understand your customer avatar as well. So a customer avatar is a detailed kind of representation of your ideal customer. 
So this helps you tailor the services you provide them and this helps you tailor your marketing as well. Mm -hmm. You want all of those things to align so it creates that clarity so it helps you stand out. So again, kind of going back to the idea of noise, the more clear you are with your wording on your website and you know, on Facebook posts and kind of everything you do, when all that aligns and creates clarity and helps you stand out, it's gonna help you get that customer. Yeah, and as you listen to this, you know, I, I, I wanna address this right away. Like, I, people listening may say, this is all good stuff, but I don't have time for this. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, or they may be saying, hey, this is stupid. I don't need this stuff. But just remember, the way you've done it, if you continue doing it that way, you're always gonna get the same results. So we're right. giving you information to really target your approach in marketing. And instead of taking that shotgun approach and saying, oh, I got $5,000 a month, I'm just gonna shotgun approach it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Building your avatar is gonna help you talk, um, decide what colors you're gonna use, help you decide what pictures you're gonna use, <laughs> help you decide right. the wording that you're gonna use, help you decide where you're gonna advertise. Yeah. Writing these things down and sharing this with your marketing company if you have one, letting them right. know this is who you're wanting to attract. These are the best services. And the very first thing it talks about here is knowing your demographic. Mm -hmm. So things like the age of the person you're looking to attract, the, right. the gender, the location, uh, the income level. Um, you know, for like home service businesses, you might want to focus on homeowners in a particular area. So a good example right. would be that if I'm a plumbing service business, I may want to focus my efforts marketing to, 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 to homeowners whose homes are 10 years or older. Right. And the reason why I'd want to do that is because I know that at that 10-year mark, that's typically when they need plumbing services, right. new water heaters. Uh, things like that. So if I'm focusing my marketing dollars in those neighborhoods, I'm going to get a better return on my investment. Well, and here's a great practical application of this avatar idea, which is, okay, you're you're trying to understand your avatar. You've thought about their demographics, where they live, how old their homes are. Mm -hmm. Now, if you understand, oh, okay, this person is aged, you know, maybe 45 to 65. Well, so now that can help you get clarity on what um, social platform they're going to be on, right? Oh, that's true. Because you can go that's look true. that up, and there's you know, all kinds of charts and things that show, like, the younger generation, a lot of them are not on Facebook. But if your uh, avatar is, you know, 45 to 65, they're probably on Facebook, maybe on Instagram, and probably not on something like TikTok, right? So, mm -hmm. again, like, this is, like, there's a real practical application on this. Like, don't waste your money over here on TikTok or Snapchat if you're, demographic is all on Facebook, right? So understanding your avatar helps you understand what direction you need to go in your marketing, what's gonna be most effective. That's true. The next piece I wanna talk about after demographics now is pain points and needs. Mm -hmm. uh, what are the most common uh, problems homeowners face in, in, in the areas that you wanna serve, you know, like in the, in the service locations? Um, are they struggling with specific things in their HVAC performance? Maybe it's plumbing leaks or electrical safety concerns that will help kind of guide how you frame your, your marketing, mm -hmm. how you word your marketing. And then you can dive into right. goals and aspirations. Like what are the ideal customers hoping to achieve with your services? Maybe they want a comfortable and energy efficient home or a plumbing system that doesn't cause frequent dis disruptions or uh, you know reliable electrical connections. Yeah, Thinking about all that and jotting that down will help you in your wording. Yeah, exactly. Like when you, when you really think more deeply about your avatar, your, your ideal customer, what kind of problems you can solve for them, then you can, you can start to speak to their, their pain points, right? Because while you might be um, solving an electrical problem, what you're really doing for that homeowner is giving them peace of mind 
and that they're going to feel safe in their own home and not worried about it catching fire, mm -hmm. right? That's really the problem that you're solving. So when you understand it a little more deeply than just, you know, I'm replacing some wiring and some breakers or something, what I'm really doing is I'm reducing the risk of any problems in their home and I'm helping them feel safe and secure. That's really what you're doing for them. So when you understand that a little more deeply, you can use that wording on your website. And that, that really is next level. I don't see many <laughs> home yeah. service companies doing this, but when you understand that more deeply, you can speak to that on your website. That's gonna resonate with that customer. That's gonna increase the likelihood they're gonna call you. Next piece, behavior and habits. You know, how do your ideal customers typically search for your services? Mm -hmm. they, they're looking online, they ask referrals, social media. Understand their behaviors will help you reach them more effectively, and uh, and and that's so true. Just like you yep. were talking about, that, that just kind of reiterates that, that exactly. social media platform. Exactly. Um, communication preferences. You know, how do they prefer to communicate? Some might prefer emails, while others might prefer phone calls or social media interactions or text mm -hmm. messaging. Text message. Or, I think that's a big opportunity. Chat, text message. The what would you say? I don't know. I'm sure there's a chart somewhere that shows this, but I would guess anyone under like 30. Definitely, they would yeah. rather text than call. Oh, oh, for sure. You know, sure. maybe even forty. Um, so yeah, understanding that, like, kind of to your point, like you want to be communicating with them how they want to be communicated with, mm -hmm. not what's most convenient to you or what you want. <laughs> it's about what the customer wants, right? Yeah, and a lot of times in leadership we get stuck on, well, this is the way I've always done it, or this is the way I was brought up in the business, mm -hmm. or I don't like social media, or maybe you say I don't like texting. You know what? I don't care what you like. Yeah. Because if you continue to have that, put that foot in the sand and say, I don't like that, so I'm not going to offer it, all right. you're doing is saying, I'm okay doing the same thing I've always done. And guess what? As technology and as times change and move yep. forward, you're going to start to decline in business because yep. you, your customers are going to die out, you know, yep. and, and, and you're going to be outdated. Yep. And so I want to squash that too. If you're thinking that, it's not about you, it's about the That's customers right. that you're serving. And so even if you don't like social media, there's probably somebody on your team who loves social media. Yeah, that's so right. So other than cool. your leadership lesson is, you know, it's not all about what you can do, right. but it's what your team can do working together and how you can delegate those things and empower people around you. And, and, and one um, thing to mention here is, we, so we have a uh, three steps um, ebook that you can download that talks at one of the points in this in, in the book and it's mm -hmm. all about attracting and retaining talent um, but it talks about the avatar so if you want to go deeper in this and kind of get a, get a kind of a guideline to walk through to, to understand your avatar we have it in that book you can get that at billforthetrades.com mm -hmm. um, but it, it hits on that point which is uh, you know if you want to attract people to work for you they're also the younger generation want things like text. They want technology. There's there's aspects like that that you want to consider. So it's kind of kind of both sides on the customer side and um, attracting talent into your company. That's good. So hang in here with us. We got two more to cover: values and lifestyle. So considering their values and lifestyle mm -hmm. choices, are they eco-conscious, interested in energy-efficient solutions? Uh, do they value prompt, reliable service? Mm -hmm. Um, all those things play a role, and then the last piece is just feedback and testimonials. If you're already if you've if you've already served customers, review their feedback and testimonials. This provides you and any company insights mm -hmm. on what your real customers appreciate about your services, and you can take that and you can mm -hmm. continue to use that in your future marketing as you as you look to attract. 
yeah, more the, customers. Man, that that those reviews are gold. I mean, I know you know sometimes you get that one star review and it's terrible, mm -hmm. and and that's fine. But there's also a lot of really great things in there, especially like the three four star reviews. Those are going to be a little, usually a little more reasonable people that are probably going to leave you some great feedback. Mm -hmm. So you know, don't get hurt by those. Just use that and get better. That's going to you know lead to more work, lead to more reviews. So to kind of wrap it all up, I mean, today in, in this episode, I, I know we've covered a lot of different um, a lot of different things, but really going back to the recap with Brandon, I mean, I, I love the way LiveUnk was really niching down to mm -hmm. a recession-proof market. And so you know, we, we're out there, this podcast is for the trades industry as a whole. So we, we kind of niched down a lot to home services, but knowing uh, these different areas of uh, what is your niche, right? Mm -hmm. And there's and there's a, a sub niche, which is what I call sub niche, which is more of knowing what types of services you want to offer. As mm -hmm. far as are you going to be, you know, more focused in the residential, or are you going to be more focused in the commercial, or more focused in new construction, but in or even you know industrial. But knowing who you are with with the realization that as you grow, you have to know your market that you're serving because. Mm -hmm you eventually may serve out your market if you're solely focused on one area. Right. And so as you go to the next level, what I would call level two in business, which is at over a million to you know, five million in sales, it's really understanding that you, know, you may want to have an arm in different areas so that way mm -hmm. you're kind of uh, spreading out the marketing efforts. And if you're slow in residential, you can be busy in commercial yep. you know, and not narrowing down too hard and running out of that, 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 that customer base that you're serving. And then on top of that, just once you determine what that is, yes, you can niche down harder. You can be the elite detection specialist like, like mm -hmm. we are, or like I was in my plumbing business. You, know? yep. and, um, you can do that, but do you do that knowing that you eventually could run out of yes. your customer base if you don't know the market that you're serving. I think kind of what we're talking about similarly, like if you're in, if you're in a niche or you pick a niche, you go all in, you, you become known for that. When that's going really, really well, that's the moment that you should start considering what the next niche is. Mm -hmm. Is how you I mean you kind of said like you know growing your arms. I would I would think of it as like picking the next niche you want to become known for, get great at, mm -hmm. and start start you know. Uh, marketing to that, change your website, like things like that to start attracting that kind of work and slowly build up that niche. So I, I, I kind of think of it like adding niches to your business, but you kind of want to do it one at a time, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then, then the next piece we talked about was just your avatar. Once you know what your niche is, knowing who you're looking to attract, mm -hmm. knowing who you are as a company, because right. you can't be all things to all people. You're not right. gonna make everybody happy. Yep. Your values may not align with everybody's values. Mm -hmm. yeah, they're not, not maybe, they're not gonna align. That's but right. if you know yep. who you are, <clears throat> it'll allow you to lead a happier life. It's gonna allow you to, to serve better customers because you're talking yep. exactly to your avatar. Yep. So majority of the customers you attract are gonna be your avatar. That's going to make for a better service experience for them and for you. It's going to make you more money, mm -hmm. and it's going to make your it's going to keep your team happy. That's right. Because yep. if you're just taking everybody and everything, then mm -hmm. it's very inconsistent. Your team can get a lot of get very frustrated. Yes. Because they're yes. not equipped to handle that customer or that type of service, mm -hmm. and uh, and so you'll find yourself kind of turning over uh, team members as well as <clears throat> losing profits. Yeah, that's right, and that's that's another thing we, we talk about in that the three steps to attract and retain talent is kind of this idea of once you get clarity around your avatar of the customer you want, you really you also want to get clarity around the type of person you want to attract in your business to work with you. They're kind of they're all in alignment, right? It's really it all stems out of your values. 
which then become your company values. And once you become more clear on that and, and um, speak to that inside your company, then you also want to be speaking to that outside your company, which is what your marketing is doing. It's speaking your values outside your company to the public. But when those things are all in alignment, to your point, you're, you're working with people that, are, you know, their values align, your customers have the same value alignment, it all works much more smoothly. All right. So thank you all for listening to the, to the Built for the Trades podcast. Nathan, <clears throat> thanks for hopping in here and, and sharing some value as always. And, yep. and once again, I just want to let you all know, I mean, you've made it to the end of a 45-minute podcast wow. if you're still listening. So congratulations. <laughs> but uh, we would love for you to share this podcast episode with somebody that needs to hear it. Our passion is to help people grow and, real, and the mm-hmm. realization that we're all in this life together, growing every day. And there's no destination to being a five-star leader or a master leader or mm-hmm. even master in your business. you got to wake up every day with the efforts to get better, know what's going on in your market. Yeah. That's why you're listening to this podcast. It's helping right. you grow. So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Nathan, once again, thanks for being here. And you all have a great day. Mm-hmm.